Alrighty, Creed cast a review of a loss. Um, always disappointing to have to do this, and I'm doing it for the third time this year in the space of nine games, which um, isn't going too badly, but um, is still disappointing, particularly after a home game against another contender in the top uh, four um, at second v third battle, as it was at the time, um, and is um, has now plonked us right back into the mix of. I think believe five teams that are at six and three as well, whereas the Bulldogs have got themselves a little bit of breathing room in second as they keep the pressure on the Demons at the top. Um, not where exactly we were going to be, but also not the end of the world. So um, while incredibly disappointing, I will be trying to just find the balance in this um, this review and seeing where we're at and uh, and trying to find something. I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go, won't we? Yeah, usually I try to find a, uh, a music piece or a song or something to describe the kind of mood behind um, a loss. Um, well, we haven't had too many op- opportunities this year, but, you know, last game I had the um, Adam Sandler, somebody kill me please, after the Brisbane one, just because it was just a all-round horrible game. But um, for this one, I wasn't exactly sure what to do. I'm just doing nothing because it's kind of like um, there's some there's a lot of frustrations to be had with Port Adelaide at the moment, and we'll certainly get into some of them. But it wasn't. Um, it's the first time that we've lost this year and actually been in a game as well. Um, for you know, beyond the first quarter where it looked like it might go the way um, some of the other two games have gone this year, um, we fought back incredibly well in that second quarter. Um, that third quarter again, we fell a little bit away, but then we had a had a run in the last quarter to you know really really get the game um, you know in the balance with ten minutes to go in the last quarter. Charlie Dixon kicks that. What end up being our final goal of the game, but you know, with ten minutes to go, and you're only going eight, eight, po- eight points down. Um, you've kicked three of the last four. Um, you're right. You're right in the mix there against a side that um, probably, um, yeah, you know, everyone's been talking about their midfield and how deep it is, and just how incredibly loaded it is when you look at the guys like Bon and Pelly, who's really coming into his. You know, considering the bloke was just um, was already a star back in. You know, 2016, and um, and then he's really like, and but he was so young then too, and he's really coming to his own as like a force in the AFL. Um, I guess we, we'll touch on that first. It's just how good they are, um, and we've seen it firsthand now, and seen what, what kind of the level that we need to get to. Um, but yeah, Bonapelli, you know, he's just um, unbelievable. His body now that he's kind of he's become that player and grown into a like a true kind of AFL body, um, so to speak. Um, watching what he does around the ball and just how he bullies his way through, but just the class that he plays with as well. Um, you know, you've got him in there. And then Libertore is kind of, um, you know, he's having an incredible year as well. You know, again, and one of those guys that's been away, around for a while now. Um, he's got a fair few games under the belt, but, you know, these are all guys that are, um, have been around for a while now and they're, they're just all in that vein of form. Um, you know, you've got Trelaw coming across and, you know, we... There's been plenty said from the Collingwood standpoint um, as to that deal and everything that happened there. Um, but, you know, he's come across and just slotted in there because he doesn't need to be. You know, he's, he's so many talent around, so much talent around him. He's led to play his own game. And you've got Jackson McRae. And then um, and then you've got the guys like Bailey Smith who's just playing his 50th game. And, you know, he's come out of that same draft that um, your Butters and, um, you know, Dersmas and, all, and Rosies and have come out of. And um, he's... Um, looking like uh you know possibly uh sorry was he the draft before he might have been the draft after he's 
He's in that similar age range anyway. I might be getting my um, years mixed up there. But anyway, he's he's um, still young, but he's he's playing incredible football as well. So he's kind of part of a team that's um, part of that group. And it's just, there's not many, I don't think there's many better midfields um, we'll come up against this year, um, particularly how well they're playing together at the moment. That's the thing, You when you hit a, there's plenty of good midfields around that you kind of run into and you just hit them in, in and out of form and whatever. This, that midfield's pairing along at, it's premium, I think, at the moment. Um, and we were always going to be up against it, particularly, and I'll talk about us in a little bit here, but, you know, particularly the fact that we're actually missing um, some of our main contributors from last year. Um, you know, either, you know, one of them that we're, we're missing was missing um, through selector's choice, but then I think he would have probably got a run. And I'm talking about Rockcliffe, obviously. He would have got a run in the last couple of weeks if he hadn't had his unfortunate, unfortunate mishaps um, with that what is one of the most incredibly um, unbelievable kind of sequences of knee injuries um, that he's had and then the the DVT to top it off. Um, yeah, so you, you're missing him and obviously Butters and Dersmer are the other two big names and even um, Dan Houston missing on the weekend. Um, but, the, yeah, the, you know, the other two, um, well, the two that started the year with us, Dersmer and Butters, have been missing for a while now. Um, Rockliffe would have come in at some point, I believe, in the last couple of weeks. And then, you know, Houston just missing last weekend was just... It's that tipping point. I think I've mentioned it point at times this year. I think I stuck a couple of people in our, in our Twitter feed of who we follow and or retweets or whatever, talking about the tipping point that's, um, that we seem to be teetering at at the moment with our injuries. So knock on wood, um, as I do all the time when I'm talking about injuries because we're fucking talking about them all the time, which is um, incredibly frustrating. But... Uh, yeah, knock on wood, there's not too many more coming and we've got a couple of guys maybe coming back into the mix this week. But um, yeah, when you look at the, the midfield versus midfield, um, the battle is always going to be an uphill battle with how good they're pairing along at the moment. Um, and, uh, you know, we we just didn't quite match them there and that's probably, that's, that's where it was won and lost. Um, when you look at the, the fine margin it was, and that's the thing um, in the contested game, um, and Hinkley said plenty about it both after the game, and I think um, on AFL 360 the other night as well. Um, if you've got KO, go back and watch. It's always interesting what seeing when our, our our guys get on the the main show um, and uh, on AFL 360 because it can be you know sometimes does have a very um, obviously um, East Coast bias slanted to it. But Port got a bit of chat on 360 on. On Monday night, and uh, Hinkley came on as part of the coaches' night and talked about it, and um, just said that you know he what they're doing. Um, well, what what they said in three sixty. Um, I'll get and I'll take a quick break in a moment um, after I get through this a little bit. But what basically um, what three the three sixty guys there, Mark Robinson said, and they basically kind of Jared Waitley said he's trying to wean himself off of the because I think he would Port Adelaide was his premiership pick at the start of the year, and he's trying to wean himself off that because he's not sure where we're at now, but. Uh, Mark Robinson made it, and it's surprising because I don't often enjoy uh, Mark Robinson's contributions at times because he's just um, he's he's like any journalist, just hit and miss sometimes. But he didn't he didn't make the point. Um, he did bring up because I was wondering. I'm watching it as they're talking about our midfields and all that stuff, and um, he did make the point. He's like they're missing Butters, who was um, you know one of our best players for the first few games and is a genuine star already, and then. He did the Mark Robinson doing the the Archer thing because he was trying to think of Dersman's name, I believe. But at least he, he knew who he was talking about, and he said, and so, and Waitley corrected him, and he said, yeah, Butters and Dersman missing like those two are two of their very best players. So you know, you take those kind of caliber of players, and this is what Robinson said: take those kind of caliber of players out of any side, 
and see where they're at. Now, every team is contending with injuries at the moment. That's, um, But the injuries we're contending with, um, I think, are just they're, they're biting a little bit more at the moment. Um, Butters and Dersma, well, Butters, I believe, at the start of the year, and I think I don't think there'll be too many people that disagree, was on track with how he'd started the year. He was an All-Australian Guernsey. He already had um, the Z on it. Um, or if it's just the last name, the B, whatever. Um, you know, you get my point. There was a jersey already being, already being prepared for Butters. If he stayed, played 22 games at the level he'd started the season at, it was, it was a done deal. He was in the 40 last year. Um, that's a pretty good indication that his game is noticed. And um, the way he started the year, you know, that 36 touches against, um, what was that? Uh, is that Essendon? Uh, first home game of the year, I believe. But then um, then that that Richmond game, he started on like a house on fire as well until he got, you know, he was he was one of the, he's been the barometer a lot. And he's, and particularly his in, his um, inside game and just how, how much into the contest he was getting was incredible. Um, and that was certainly, it's one of the key statistics we've lost a couple of times in recent weeks against some of the better teams. So, um, he's just a huge loss, and it's good to see that being recognised um, in that chat. Because I was just, I was getting a little bit like, uh, you guys going to bring up this, bring this up because it is a key part of why um, maybe we're just slightly off the, off the pace against the side like the dogs. Um, considering we weren't too bad, and we we weren't beaten too badly, um, and we could have won that game uh, a couple of times, there was a couple of moments in that game where we just didn't quite get the, put the foot down enough when we need um and obviously we put the foot down pretty damn well in the second quarter but it's just you need to actually and you know they were able to get the sum back um right at the time when we just got now gotten our noses in front so um but it was good to see um that brought up to the in a, a show that's such a national national show uh, as far as the AFL world goes in AFL 360 that they did bring up that we are missing a couple of our key contributors and that any team that's missing um, a couple of guys like that, you know, if you took took guys that are of that importance out of the Bulldogs lineup, it would have, um, I think, Matt, you know, equaled the. And you know, we can talk about the fact that they were missing the ruck stocks, but um, I guess they um, still had the you <laughs> still had the clearance kings in there and and the midfield at, um, that can uh, level it out pretty well. Um, and considering we were missing uh, Lysa as well, um, who's and and Laddams played. Um, Really well. Um, I think he's um, I think he's earned his spot again this week. Uh, but uh, you know, you're missing Lice. It's just such an important player, and um, so we're missing him and missing a couple of our midfield guns. It really, it really does make you um, salivate at the thought of getting both sides again together in September, and um, and with with their full complement of players that they would like to have out there. Obviously, there will always be injuries at some point. Knock on wood, but hopefully, we'll have most of our guys back in September and uh, particularly your Butters and Dersmers and, and you know, Houston Houston fit and firing and, and uh, we'll be better for it. But, um, yeah, it was um, it was lost in the midfield, really. Um, they just they were able to just use it better. They, even when, whether it was coming out, getting the clearances um, out of the middle itself or, um, or just um, their use through the middle as they were rebounding from our our forward line um, and their back line down down because there was a few times they just they were just so clean with their hands and getting through the midfield that um, all you could do was really admire it. Um, unfortunately, because it was just um, you could just see that this was a team that was just humming along so well. Um, when you see some of the results they've had over the last couple of weeks, um, you just see why 
Um, I mean, this is a team that um, probably should be, um, barring, you know, Richmond having just an incredible second half. Um, it's just one half a footy. They're one half a footy away from being 8-0 eight, eight and right at the top there with Melbourne. And um, I'd probably, at this point, um, I know I've talked about the Western Bulldogs a lot at the start of this um, review, but they, they, it's a review of that game and they, they were the opponent of the beaters. So I'm trying to give them their due and um, get when I once I get into talking a bit more about us, kind of it's it's given the balance that uh, we did lose to a very very good team and um, we have to give them their due rather than sit there and slam our you know I'm not going to slam our team but you know I could just sit here and review and say what we did wrong but then you've also got to acknowledge what the other team does right if you um, understand what I mean because that is part of the reason you lose is because unfortunately sports we're sports fans we always think our team is the best but there is. In any league around the world, there is um, a bunch of teams vying to be the best, and there's only one that's named the best at the end of the year. So you're always fighting a fighting a kind of um, a game that is very much rigged um, again to give you a very small chance of any any year of winning, particularly in a sport like the AFL, where crazy things can happen. But um, the Western Bulldogs are just playing an incredibly incredibly good uh, game at the moment. And like I said, um, I was got distracted there for a second but they they should be 8-0 and um what I was getting to was I think to me they are the same team to beat this year even though the Demons um look Demons are 9-0 and they've been playing incredible footy as well but um I I see the Bulldogs as a team that is a lot more battle hardened against some of the the better teams in the competition um it'll be really interesting to watch the Bulldogs play the the Demons at some point um soon I don't know when that game is coming up um, that'll give us a better indication. I just see the Bulldogs in the midfield. And I guess um, this is the, the trade-off is that the, the Bulldogs do um, do have some deficiencies or weaknesses. I wouldn't say deficiencies. Every team's got certain points of the field where they're just not quite as good as others. And that's what footy is, is trying to balance out what you do right, what you do well and what you do um, not so well and um, make sure you can account for it. Um, but uh, the Bulldogs at the moment, just for me, I'd, I'd put them as my top, favorite uh, just at this moment of the season with how well they played the other night they've got the game to um match it with most i would feel and um yeah when you look at the fact that they um probably should have knocked off richmond they probably learned a lot from that game though as well um as far as controlling because they did that to us um you know when we got back to within eight points um you know 10 minutes you know with half a quarter of footy to go at the end of the game uh, that might have been they might have called um harking back to some of that those memories of that the Richmond rolling over the top of them a few weeks back and, and seeing kind of that we were on a similar run of, um, you know, getting back into the game and a few a few um, wiser heads due to that experience might have um, came up and they, they really they really kind of took the footy away from us for a good five minutes or so before they were able to um, kind of get those couple of sealers at the end there, which fucking that Cody Wayman goal just snapping it over the head. Like sometimes you see those ones and you just go, where is it? Our luck in those moments. Um, we don't, you know... But then, you know, Robbie Gray nutmeg Adam Trelaw at one point. So, you know, swings and roundabouts it is, unfortunately, a lot of the time in sports. But, uh, yeah, it was um, one of those games where it's just uh, we made our runs, um, but unfortunately because we just gave them that, that uh, head start at the start, it just it felt like we were always um, expending energy to just get back on level terms rather than actually get a get a break on them, which, um, yeah, which was unfortunate. But, yeah, we'll get into talking a bit more about our game now that I've spent 15 minutes just talking about the Bulldogs. All right, so how we went. Um, look, it was a um, game that um, started, unfortunately, pretty familiarly. Familiarly. God, um, I apologize for the fact that I can't talk. Um, 
but we uh, had the similar start to what we, you know, we've um, become more too familiar, unfortunately, with, with the West Coast and Brisbane games where it looked like we were done and dusted at quarter time. And that uh, it was a really interesting first quarter, the fact it was almost bookended by four goals, but then we let them get another one right near the end there. But, um, you know, we start, start well, and Orazio, um, who I was talking about in the preview, needs to keep, you know, just get a bit more accurate with kicks, and he did have a couple of big goals in this one. Um, and including that that first goal was really, you know, on an angle, and um, you've got to finish with a, you know, good kick, and um, you know that's a perfect start to a game. But then you let the let the other mob um, go five goals in a row on you after that. Um, it's unfortunate. It's something we need to we need to find a way to address, and it's going to be again. It's going to be the contest um, that's going to be a part of it because. You know, and every quarter, and and Hinkley said that I think I was starting to touch on it before, and then I was just going to save it for here. But you know, Hinkley said this in his press conference, and um, as well on three sixty, he said we're getting consistent information, and some people might just you know, he's Hinkley's a man that uh, he 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 speaks in um, he has you know um, keywords and stuff like that he throws out there at times. But I, I do like that he, he's kind of consistent with how he, he how he presents what he's trying to say. And all he's trying to say is, look, we're getting consistent information. We know exactly what we're doing wrong. We're trying, and this is and this is a good thing. Um, well, it doesn't look good right now, um, but we we know what we're doing wrong. It's very, very well defined for us that whenever we lose in the contest, is when we start getting really smashed on the scoreboard a bit. And it's not that it happens consistently throughout a game. Probably Brisbane's probably the only game where we really just for four quarters just never got a handle on it. Um, but you know, West Coast, we were able to, you know, we, we won the second half. And if we hadn't let that first first quarter and a half happen, um, we might have found ourselves in a in a more of a battle there. Um, you know, Brisbane just went was just downhill all game. Really, we never found ourselves in that game in any way, shape, or form. But you know, in, in the Bulldogs game, um, you know, that first quarter was horrible, and that's kind of where. Uh, before I get into when when we got back into it, but. We need to find a way to um, know when uh, we know that's happening, and this is the hard thing when you're doing a review. Is like I'm trying to say that uh, we need to find a way to to negate that when it's happening. But the, the point is, when it's happening, is you're trying to stop it. But I'm and I'm sure there's the, the effort is there, but it's just not. We're just you sometimes, and when another team gets a roll on us, it can, can just be difficult. But that's um, we need to find reasons for why the contest is. Um, softer at the start and you know like i said we're missing guys and that's that's a factor as well but you've got to you've got to accept that and get out there and um you know we've we've constantly talking about our depth and depth is never going to make up for you know depth doesn't mean you've got a guy as good as that part is coming out there but then you've kind of got to play that um that um total football role you know people were talking about um at the start of the year guys have been training you know trying to get more confident in playing different roles in the team and um and you know, some guys are going to sacrifice a bit and and uh, and try to negate that flow because um, you, even if you're going to have a bad quarter, you just want to end up, you know, a bad first quarter, just a couple of goals down, not four. Um, you know, when you're four goals down at quarter time, um, you know, I think it's... Um, I'm not sure if it's uh, Malcolm Blight that's talked about it before or on one of the radio shows, just talking about um, how teams, you know, can be two goals or better quarter two goals a quarter better than you. So, you know, if they're two goals a qu- quarter better than you, then you end up winning by eight goals. I think he was talking about that in reference to Port, Port versus the Crows. So they're Port are two goals a quarter better than the Crows. So, um, I don't... So to get back to our game, this, this week's game, the Bulldogs are not four goals a quarter better than Port. 
but we let them be four goals a quarter better than Port in that um, first quarter. And that's that's something we need to address and figure out how we stop that kind of run happening. It's a, it's And it's not that you can't let them score the goals, but you've got to find a way to score yourselves. Um, and that's the fact that that's the, the key problem that we're having at the moment is when another team gets a roll on... Um, you know, so you've got to match it at least. Um, you know, kind of. You know, when you're watching basketball, sometimes you see you know a game that's just um, defense have decided that this isn't the game that's going to be for them, and and just instead you have teams that end up at seventy all at half time. Um, it's that's the that's the thing we've got to figure out. Is it's not so much the fact that defensively we're. Um, you know, when you're getting assaulted like that, you know, there's only so much they can do, but then you've got to have the forward half um, pick up its game as well because if, if they're scoring like that, there's going to be opportunities going the other way, but it's just we're not finding it and um, in those moments. But then we find it um, very, very quickly and effectively and lethally um, in the second quarter, and um, which is un- unbelievable. And look, that's that's footy sometimes as well as I'm saying all that, and I'm just like get to the point that we ended up only a point down at halftime anyway so we matched it we were five we you know we were four goals better than them in the um second second quarter so there's a, there's a there's a back and forth there that um does happen in footy as well so but um if we want to be if we want to be the team that we think we were at the start of the year and that is better than all these teams and we need to be four goals better than them but not let them be four goals better than us um, so, and that's, um, as Hinkley said, it's in, it's in the contest and there's no, I'm not breaking any news here or anything like that. I'm just putting my spin on it, I guess. And that's, uh, we've got to find the ways that, um, to, to score in those, to, to try to negate that little, a little bit, even if we'd scored another goal, you know, only been three goals down. You've just got to not let that run happen to the point that, uh, and you know, we, and I thought we'd book into that quarter, you know, we'd scored the, uh, seventh goal of the quarter, um. I thought we, and I thought that was going hopefully going to be the final goal of the quarter when we scored. Um, you know, with a, um, a couple of minutes to go in the first quarter, and it was they they kicked five in a row, but then we we kicked our second, and you know, we were under you know, it was about I think it was not might have been nineteen points or eighteen points or something of that, um, and that was going to be a good end to the quarter and just give. But then we let them go down again and score, and it's just um, and they were look they were scoring incredibly well, but they were also finding a lot of time and space in the forward half. Um, once the ball got over the top and um, and and came to ground, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of open space for the guy, the forwards and even the mids to run into as well. And um, you've got a guy that's come just coming to the side like Cody Waitman coming in and just picking up the ball and kicking goals at will. And um, you know, I'd, and whether it's just the talent of forward line, I don't know. But um, you know, uh, the, we we weren't getting as much influence out of guys like Aaliyah back there as well. And whether it's just a and that's just ball use. The way they were using the ball going in the fifty, they were just better at it. And I think even um, uh, Luke Beveridge even said the same thing. He he made that he he noted that we 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 they kicked the ball better to the forwards. And he said we found if they'll find their small forwards in in better marking positions. And that's like I've said it on reviews before. We need to um um be using you know eyes down using the ball better. And that look it's. I think they're trying to do that. It's just we're just not getting it at the moment. Um, and that's just an unfor- another unfortunate factor in what we're doing at the moment. It's just everything just isn't quite clicking um, as much as it should be. But, um, you know, it's just uh, that first quarter really kind of defined the game for me. Um, we came back into it um, and all that. But 
as I said in the, earlier in the pod as well, and and then getting back into it now, as we did with the, um, you know, talking about the four goals to, you know, four goals better than a team quarter stuff. Um, we we did get raw back into it in that second quarter, but we had to do so much work, and it had to be the most perfect kind of ten minutes of footy that we've almost played this year, just to get back five points ahead of a team that then was able to smash back. And look, um. I guess this is the moment to talk about the umpiring decisions. I'm a bit, um, having gone back and watched them, that the the pushing the back on the you know the Bontempelli one. Unfortunately, to me, it was there from it wasn't there from Alia, obviously. But then uh, watching it back, the 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 umpire saying it's not against him, it's not against him. It's Bergman does get some hands in the back there, and yeah, it's a very, it's a soft one. Um, but it was there. And that's the unfortunate factor with some of these free kicks is, um, and we get them into our benefit as well at times. Um, there was a lot of talk about the umpires the other night and it, it often is that way after when you're struggling in a game, you notice those decisions that much more. Um, the Cleary, uh, the Cleary one. The Jonas one, that's a that's one that I'm a little bit miffed about. Again, it's one that uh, he, the fact that he has his arm free um you know that's 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 a key for me. I think he, I think when a player has his arm free, he, his head bounces on the ground. And he he makes a big deal about that because his head does hit the ground pretty tough. But he sh- he should probably should be. He's got an arm free. He should be preparing for that. Um, but I think that's what the what cons the umpire there a little bit, and what also gets him the the incredibly st- stupid fi- uh, tribunal fine that he's he's copped. Um, I just don't understand it. Just because a guy's head bounce on the ground because he's got he's got his arm free he should be able to protect himself from that if it happens that's just it's on him um it's not on Jonas he's it's not it's not even much of a push in the back kind of tackle it's not even that Jonas is driving him into the ground or anything like that that one that one's miffed me a little bit and that one's certainly at a time of the game um early in the third quarter there that kind of got them a, that got gave them a head start that they didn't really they didn't need any help anyway because they were playing fucking good footy um, the 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 bottom pillar, the one that um was at the end of that run of goals that we'd had. Um, again, like I said it's soft, but I, I, it is there. Um, we've had them paid for us plenty of times, and I can't I can't sit there and say that it's um some conspiracy again. So I certainly, um, sometimes you you do see the certain umpires out there, and um, certainly Matthew Nichols gets no love from me. Um, but um, that that one was that's one that I don't see as egregious as um probably it looked live on the night. I'm sure. This is the benefit of hindsight and um, going back and watching it a couple of times. Going, look, it's it's just the the, the hands are there, and um, whether whether it's it's borderline, but um, you you see them paid um, at times. It's just one of those soft ones that happens in any sport, like you know, there's pass interferences in the NFL, or if it's foul, uh, touchy fouls in the NBA, or um, little little free kicks in 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 um, soccer. It's um, they they get paid here and there, and that's just that's just uh, that's just. That's just footy, um, but that that Jonas one um, certainly tribunal was. Um, oh, I just couldn't believe it when I saw that one. They'd gone to tribunal and uh, and um, uh, it's, it's it was a touch and go. Whether it was it, it's it's just the look of it. I think the head bouncing on the ground is is what everything whether the tribunal and free kick all came from that. And it's just we've got to we've got to have some common sense in how we're ruling these things. I know we've got to protect the head, but. Um, that when the action doesn't have anything to do with it, it's just the fact that it, it's um, 
yeah, it's just it's just sometimes it's going to happen. But you've got to you got to we've got to stop punishing players so much for when um, you know when he's just trying to tackle him and it become, ends up being an end result of it. It's not like it's nothing to do with you know when Dangerfield's going front on bumping. Um, that's a completely different kettle of fish to um, Tom Jonas just trying to tackle a guy and doing his job as a defender and um, the guy's you know, kind of momentum takes him forward and he's still got an arm free. If he'd been completely defenseless, I get it, but he, he had an arm free. It's just, um, I know it's still split second stuff for the guy that's being tackled. So the arm free doesn't mean he's going to be able to protect himself completely, but he's still not completely defenseless. And I thought that was the board. I thought that was the um, kind of metric we were rolling with was the defenseless versus um, having some form of defense in that situation. Um, as we saw with Ned McHenry last week, you know, he was completely defenseless being tackled by um, Lysett and that, you know, we, we copped that one even though it was probably a little bit harsher than I was expecting. But, um, you know, that one, and that's not that Jonas is getting suspended or anything, but he's still copping the copping the fine and it's gone on his record or whatever the fuck they do with the, all that shit. And, um, you know, it's just, an, just a one of those ones that just makes you scratch your head a little bit about what we're exactly ruling, particularly with the fact that um, you know, Ollie Wines had his head almost taken off, and um, Robbie was had a dangerous tackle on him, and we haven't heard a fucking peep about it. So it's just, I don't even, it just doesn't make sense how we're adjudicating some of these things at the moment, and uh, it's just another another thing we're gonna have to battle against this year is that we're gonna cop some. There's gonna be some weird, weird calls like this out of the, out of nowhere that we don't um, don't really understand, and um, and you know our players um, have been. You know, Robbie's one of those players that's been often um, incredibly mistreated um, by oppositions without much um, without much uh, a punishment going the other way, and um, certainly Oli, that Oli one was just ridiculous as well. That there's nothing coming of that, but um, we're just gonna, you know, we can't do anything about that. And the guys are fit, thankfully, and and we're fine uh, you know, on that front with those two guys at least. And um, he's got to move forward and just. Uh, and just to try to fight the fight the system as well as as well as the battle on the field, um, but uh, I got incredibly sidetracked there for a while talking about umpires and umpires and um, and decisions and uh, and tribunals and I don't even know where I was going. But um, it's uh, it's um, unfortunate uh, that we're talking about a loss again at this point. Um, you know, I was really hoping that, and I said in the review, preview that um, it was in. Defending home field at any point um, is in incredibly important because important that's a platform for your season. Um, and, you know, we we um, it's not that we didn't go undefeated at home last year anyway. We lost that surprise one to the Saints and um, obviously the prelim as well. But in the regular season, I think it was just the Saints. But um, So you can lose at home and you just got to not make a habit out of it. But, um, you know, I there's a lot of things that were said. Um, I think probably to finish off the podcast... Um, kind of just want to me- talk a little bit about uh, how we respond to the losses because um, there's a lot, lot there's a lot of talk out there about Port being flat track bullies or whatever. And look, we've got to cop those tags, um, you know, and not get too bent out of shape about them because, you know, we, we're one and three against the top eight at the moment as the record speaks for itself. Um, certainly the, the, this lot last loss, um, there is a lot of, there is some positives to take out of it because we, as I said, um, being un- more undermanned than the, than the dogs are, um, we did have our opportunities to win that game. We, we were right in the mix there, right right up until the end, um, and that's something you've got to you've got to accept because sometimes when you look at the final margin, nineteen points or whatever it is, you look at it and go, "Oh no, we lost that game." It, it, the game is such a 
the game in the moment can be it can be turned on you know such fine margins. You know, if if Cody Waitman just completely shanks that over the head kick and it goes out for a point, then we go down, and we we rebound down and kick a goal. Suddenly it becomes a three point game and and we're right in it and we get a clearance and we could uh, have a chance to win it. Um, by the same token, you look at that Richmond game a few weeks back. Um, you know, we kicked the goal to go ahead. Um, Revolt does have a shot to win it, and you know, plenty of times he's he's kicked those goals, but he, he shanks it wide, and we win the game. You know, it's a mo- and we and all we remember is the fact that we won a tough game against the reigning premiers um, rather than a heartbreaking loss against the reigning premiers. Whereas it is, it's just a game of um, how it comes off the boot in that situation. Um, so we, you know, we were right in the game. And that's something to hang our hats on. And whether, look, it doesn't. You don't get the four points back for it, and it still gives us plenty to work with. Um, and we need to do that work. But um, there's a lot of people that, you know, and I, I'm guilty of this as well myself. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm better than anyone on, on this front. Um, but this is why I take a couple of days to do reviews because it just it lets me, you know, kind of think about the results and particularly the losses. I would never want to do a review right after it because I'm, I'm going to have a few beers and probably just get in there and say, fuck it all um, and and be really... Really, <laughs> just not make much sense. Um, not that I made much sense in this half hour, uh, probably. But uh, hey, thanks for sticking with it. Um, but um, you know, a lot of there was a lot of you know Twitter for a while. It's just there was a bit of doom and gloom, and you know this team, this team's the same as it always has has been. And yeah, you know maybe that's true. Who knows? We we're not, we weren't on to the end of the year. But the point being at the moment, we're six and three, and we just lost to probably the best team, one one of the two best teams in the comp. Um, at home, that sucks. Um. You know, it's funny, um, if this game had been at Marvel, how would we be reacting to it? It would probably be a, a tough away loss with a lot of positives. Um, but because it was a home, I think it's probably the thing that's changed. And that, that is a factor in it too. We, um, it is disappointing to, and it is such a boost for the dogs to win away from home. But that it is just, I think they are just that bloody good at the moment. And um, we've got to accept that and um, and probably add that in. And I think I've seen a lot of people, and it's, that is the thing as well, you know, at the night, your immediate response to a loss like that is to be mad, and I was I was mad as well. Um, and um, but I think I've seen a lot of you know over the last couple of days, people are kind of going, oh, you know, it's we've just got to get these players back. We're having a, and I even think I saw on one of the another one of the shows, um, as I was listening to the fuck, it was some AFL podcast, it's got Cal Tomey and a couple of other blokes on there. Is it the Exchange or something like that? Possibly. Um, they were talking. One of the guys in the area talked about. It, he's like. Porter just at that tipping point with injuries at the moment. That's what we've got to accept too is that um, our injuries are actually biting a lot. If you look at our injury list, it's um, biting a lot harder than I think some other teams are just because it is got those few extra names on it and um, as well. And a few of those names are key names. You know, Dersmer and Butters were the, the two big ones I've already mentioned. But when you look at Houston being out, Lockie Jones, um, Rockliffe obviously, um, and... Uh, a few of those guys, it's out with the su- suspension, obviously, but then we lose Tom Cleary as well, and um, with that broken jaw, and it's just like, and you know, the incident happened. It's just a like, fuck's sake, you know. You can get a million head like heads bounce off each other a week like that, and he just you know, somehow breaks his jaw and is out for six to eight weeks. It's just, um, so this is a big test for us, and um, but uh, that that that's that's footy, and that, that's um something we're going to have to accept, but we are at the tipping point and we're going to, our te- the depth is getting well and truly tested now. And, um, oh, look, I won't get too much into um, what we're going to look look like this weekend until I do the preview later in the week. But, um, you know, this is just some, that that is 
something we're going to have to accept is that this team, the Port Adelaide team that was at the start of the year, win those games comfortably. Um, a lot of those players just aren't playing at the moment or they're playing, um, you know, Boak has played Hurts, um, you know, or, you know, nursing something. Um, Houston looks like he's just going to be managing an AC injury throughout the year and occasionally having to take some rest because it's just, it stings too much. Um, you know, Rosie's battled um, a couple of little um, knocks and he's still not quite there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are just battling through um, the rigors of footy. And so, and it's a lot easier to do when, you're, when your overall side is fit, but when you're already missing a bunch of key players and then you're um and then you're battling a few um, sore bodies through the year it's just we are a battle battle weary team at the moment and um already and and that's an unfortunate point to be at but it's just the bad luck that we've had at the start of this year and that's what we've got to you can't do anything about that we've just got to battle through but maybe it's where we probably need to um kind of readjust not readjust our expectations because I certainly still think we can win a win the flag this year it's just Readjust where we, how the journey is going to look getting to that that point. Um, are we going to be um, top two? Are we going to be top four? Or are we going to have to go the hard way? Um, I think I still think we're um, comfortably a chance, uh, comfortably uh, in with um, finishing top four uh, as long as we don't. Uh, you know, we've got to win these games um, this week. You know, next week. You know, we've got to win the ones that we're um, expected to win. And then um, the one, the games that we're in a battle against a, a side around our mark, um, then that's a 50-50. And, um, but, you know, we finished second at 15-7 and seven in um, 2007. We won't talk about anything more about 2007 at that point, but I'm just talking about the regular season. That's seven losses, and, and there was a couple of runs of real bad form there, and, and we still finished second. Um, now, there's going to be a lot more teams around, the, like I said at the start of this podcast, there were a lot of, there's a bunch of teams at six and three, so it's going to be a real battle, and... Percentage is going to be key, but um, we're certainly. Um, I certainly still think um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not expecting anything less than top four still at the moment, and that's I think. Um, we're still a, we're the best. One of the best teams in the comp when we're when we're fit and firing, and that's the key issue is we haven't been fit and firing for a few weeks now. Um, we fired at times, and certainly even the other night we fired um, in that second quarter and 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 patches of the um, third and fourth. Um, against one of the best teams in the comp, so that's that's something you can look at and go, okay, there there is a we can um, score heavy, fast and hard, and play incredible footy against some of the best teams in the comp. We just gotta find that consistency. And um, as um, Hinkley said, and I completely forgot to mention this, but I'll, I'll finish on this before I get to one more point. Um, we have a lot of guys still figuring they're still figuring out the four he said this on AFL 360 and you can go back and watch it properly so I don't because I'm just going to briefly kind of uh, mention what he kind of said he's like you know the Georgiades Marshall um, Dixon forward line we're, they're still actually actively learning the best ways to play together um, they've thrown Fantasia into the mix there and as well as the rest of the forwards he's kind of saying we're not we are still figuring things out in that front so we actually don't expect to be playing our best footy until later in the year so that's something that the the team have actively know because and that's a good thing too. We should never expect to be at our best, um, and you know they probably even think even if they get to a, a point of being a, a lot better than this point later in the year, they still will know that there's ways to improve because you never you're never perfect. So that is um, something that's great to hear that you know they that's something that they're actively looking at as well. So. Um, you know, there's a lot of improvement to be had for this team and there's a lot of lessons to be learnt from that result on the weekend because we did not, um, you know, unlike the Brisbane game where it was a lot of lessons, a lot of harsh lessons, 
there was a lot of harsh lessons in this game as well, but a lot of um, a lot of things we can take out because there's there's moments where they can look at and go, look look at what you did here in this you know ten minute stretch. Um, you know the video is going to be really telling for the, um, the guys that are actually sitting there and getting paid to go through it and figure it out and show the and put the packages together for the players. Um, I'd love to be doing that myself, but um, I uh, <laughs> that's not my day job. But um, there's going to be a lot there for them both and both um, stuff to look at that will be um, hard to watch, but um, at, but necessary. But there's also going to be some stuff that they can look at and go, look, this is what we did right um, in these moments, and let's try to work out what are the key. Um, factors here that made this happen and what are the key factors that made the bad stuff happen and we can we can look at that and there's a lot of stuff on both ways in this game that we can look at so um you know it's unfortunate but um we've um uh, we we got the loss but at the end of the day it's still just one loss it's um no matter how much you win or lose by it's just one loss or one win and we're still six and three sitting in fifth with um healthy percentage with the percentage that's better than uh, most of the other guys sitting at six and three so that's that's something we can hang our hats on and we've got a couple of games coming up that um are winnable. Um, we're not going to get too um, cocky about it, but they're winnable games, and um, let's see where we can get to. Um, but uh, that's kind of um, the end of the review, really, on that front. Um, I did want to touch on something this week, though, that kind of just gave me some perspective in looking at uh, how we how we talk about these results, because um, um, and as many people that. Um, I've probably picked up on, um, you know, Fraser Gehrig came out, was on, um, made an appearance at the footy um, the other day. Uh, I think it was Sank- uh, on the Friday night game. And he's a guy that's generally not been in much of the limelight or anything like that. Uh, um, stays out of it. And he, he kind of really revealed why he stays out of it with this um, incredible moment on Triple M where he basically just called out, um, called out Triple M for their, um, just how kind of um anti footy their 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 commentary can actually be as far as their they see it, they treat it as like this entertainment um which it is but in in a, in the negative in the negative way you know it's um he really called him out for a lot of the things they do in um in their critical blokey kind of kind of way and I'll just play it because it's um it's some incredible audio do you recall it like that big fella Oh, listen, I, at the end of the day, I, to be honest, I wasn't a fan. I've never been a fan of the media. And, and I was the type of player that played and I didn't like the publicity and I probably still don't, you know. I'm doing something today for Deliveroo because at the end of the day, they're giving some money to charity, you know. So that's that's what I'm about. Um, Triple M, to be honest, in their, in their heyday, and I don't, I'm not being rude saying this, but, you know, when you did your 3-2-1 worst players on ground, I think it's, you know, had an effect on things like depression, you know, and a lot of the guys that were doing those calls um, have had depression in their lives, and I don't think it helped. And Brayshaw and Lyon and these sort of blokes, well, at the time I, I thought, go get stuffed, you know. They've had a few beers and they want to come up and be heroes to me, and, you know, I told them. So, you know, I'll stand by that. I couldn't care less. Um, to be honest, I'm not. Again, I don't want to be rude yeah, or make no, no. something that's not. But you know, I think we've seen depression over the years get bigger and bigger, and we've all had it. Probably everyone in this room's had it, and those sorts of things don't help. And I, I haven't listened to Triple M for a long time. I hope you don't do it. You know? No, yeah, we don't. We, we don't. don't. We don't. She's she's done. That's absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, fair enough. Thought that was um, some incredible work from Fraser there in calling them out and. Um, Gary certainly sounded like he was taking down a peg or two right at the end there too. Um, it's um, something that I I listen I 
look, I heard that audio and um, read about the like. I think the, the the context of that was um talking about um I think James and Gary were talking about how they tried to go up to Fraser and at a post or a post season thing a few back when Fraser was still playing um whether they're at the Mad Monday thing or I don't know, but they went up after a few beers and tried to talk to him and he, and he pretty much shut him down. So they brought it up again and he basically told him that he still he still remembers why and he makes no apologies for it. And that's um something that I find a really important thing to to consider as at the end of talking about this kind of game because you sit there and say, oh, this bloke's not doing, you know, we and there is certainly some things that some players need to pick up in their games, but... That's why I'm always try to be careful, and that's why I take a couple of days before I do a review. Is I don't want to sit there, and I've done it a couple of times on Twitter, and I've called out an individual player, and I've I've felt bad about it afterwards because when I watch the game back, or when I think about it um, with a bit more of a level head, there's usually a lot more factors behind it than this purely one player. Um, sometimes when a player you know misses a couple of marks in a, in a row, or they're just not they're having a bad quarter, it can. Um, and when your team's having a bad quarter and one player's particularly having a bad quarter, you'll you'll notice that more and you'll um, shine a light on it. When it really does, there's so much more going on in a, in, a, in a sport that has 18 people on the field. There's always so much more going on in those moments than just the one player. But you do you do focus sometimes, and I've done it a couple of times from the Creed account as well as my personal account, and, and um, not like abuse or anything. I'm just saying I've tweeted about the situation. I, I even feel bad about that because I know you know if you search your name on Twitter, you can find that stuff and. I don't want to, and it's not anything bad. It's just, oh, this player's not doing enough here. And, you know, well, that's the kind of, so it's probably not anything bad, but I still feel bad about it because I think about those things like that Fraser Garrick says and that, you know, when, you know, one comment may be enough, but then they, they might search search and find there's 20 or 30 or 100 tweets saying the same thing and they might go, oh, you know, and it's just, it's not healthy. Um, and that's why I try in these reviews when I'm talking about, and I haven't even mentioned really any players that have done anything wrong in this. And while there were some, because as a whole, I think it's a, it's a team, it's a team issue that we're facing at the moment. There's not, there's individual players that are coming into cover for players that are obviously, they are more talented players that have gone out of the side, but the ones coming in are capable. It's just with the team, it's a team issue um, at its core at the moment. And um, I do try to, you know, even if I, Occasionally, I'll say, "Oh, this player, you know, he's, they probably just, you know, occasionally say a player might need a spell down on the sand floor." And I don't mean, and you know, but I try to spin it in a positive way that you know they they're good enough at the AFL level. I just think they need a bit of time. Um, there's just a bit of out of form at the moment. That's a, that's kind of the way you'll hear me try to talk, and um, I make apologies if I do occasionally get frustrated and, and say the wrong thing. But um, that's just human. But I, my general philosophy to all this stuff is is that. Um, we're fans and we we play a role in um in just uh you know talking about footy and just um what we want the creed to be is um a positive um place for Port Adelaide um obviously I tweet some pretty heavy-handed stuff at people that um insult Port Adelaide whether it be Graham Corns this week with the prison bars or or other people Eddie McGuire you know I'll make no apologies for um because they make no apologies for um being ins- um, insulting and trivializing um our history as well so I'll make no apologies for that but when it's people that are representing Port Adelaide and, and doing it right um you know I'll do everything I can to try to be um even if a player's out of form or I'll try to be as positive as I can about it because you know I listened to that Fraser Gary bit and uh, you know you realize that these guys um and it's not that I need that to realize that it's just a good reminder um that our role um is you know we we've got to remember that these guys are human as well and generally um you know as as a rule you know apart from the, the occasional exception where a player just 
is right off the reservation with what they're doing as far as their professionalism goes. Generally, most of these guys are actually trying trying their heart out and um, and doing what they can, and then they're not they're not um, they're not doing the they're not out there to um, just cash checks. Um, a lot of these guys, particularly the sport team, I, I have full faith in all of them that they're really um, accepting of their role and know the importance of their role in a team this year that is um, in a premiership window and and that. Um, you know, effort on the field while, you know, as a fan, we might just go, oh, look, they've missed that one. But, you know, they might be trying. There's just not, there's things happening on the field, whether it's, um, they do, they do feel out of form or they're, they're a bit inside their own heads. Um, that you've got to accept that, um, just sometimes it's not always going to happen for everyone. And, you know, I've seen plenty of the best players in the comp, um, have bad days. And, and, uh, we just got, you know, um, while I will, you know, I'll make note and say when a player looks like they're, you know, a player that we know has better form, if I they look like they're drastically out of form, and that's someone else say, oh, maybe they need to spell in the twos, whatever. But, you know, I try to be as positive as I can in make, making, you know, I'm not going to just sit there and slam a player because, um, if it's not constructive, then what's the point? So, that's really just um, I just want to touch on that at the end because you do see you know on Twitter after games you have people slamming certain players or whatever and um, while everyone's got their right to say whatever they say I just uh, just my personal philosophy to it is that we'll try to be as positive as we can we'll never be perfect as I said I've made I've made tweets at times that have been at, um, about not at not at tweeting not tagging them but just about particular players and 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 when I've looked back in hindsight I've gone oh look no, they weren't that bad it's just. You know, I was frustrated in the moment. Just wanted to say that that player may be at risk of losing their spot, and I shouldn't do that in the games. Um, so that's just um, basically wanted to, wanted to say about that. Um, with that Fraser Gary audio in mind from this weekend, um, that's kind of just a good reminder just of where what we've got to try and um, be better about, and um, particularly when you look at what Scott Lysett caught last week as well, which wasn't about his form at all. It was just about um, just dickheads being dickheads about a tackle, but. Uh, when you roll all that in, we hear what Fraser Gehrig said and what Scott Lye said at the cop. It's just we've got to remember that um, you know all these guys are human and um, and do, as a rule, um, are generally just trying their best at a, at a job that is and that is um, while it you know everyone might say oh you're privileged to play footy as a job it is an incredibly hard job um, as well. Um, there are sacrifices that um, the, the professional sports person also has to make that none of us have to even consider in our lives and. And that's something we need to accept and, and try to be better about. Um, and then we can always be improving and certainly us as it we're just a couple of fans um, doing this. And so it's not something that we um, are saying we're perfect at either and we're always going to be improving as well. But we just want to make note of it that that's um, kind of how we feel and how we're, we're going to try and be better, always be better going forward. Um, and you can that's what you should accept as a human. As, as well as footy players can always get better, um, as Travis Spoke has proved to us um, time and time again, as well as guys like Robbie Gray as they... Progressed into thirties and still getting, um, you know, still turning turning out incredible performances. No matter what point you are in life, you can always um, find a way to um, be better and and just um, um, you know be better humans, be better footy players, whatever it be, whatever it be that you're doing. Um, we can always find a way to be better and um, treat each, treat each other better as well. So it's a good way to end um, after a frustrating loss. Um, you know, just remember that uh, you know it's it is what it is, it's footy and um, it is incredibly important to us. Um, and we do take the losses to heart, but we also, um, we know these guys are trying to do their job for Port Adelaide and get us to the promised land that we all know that we can get to this year and years after if we do the right thing. So um, let's be positive and, and move forward to this week and um, find ourselves in another, what will be a fun little matchup against that um, um, Eddie's mob. Um, not official, not officially anymore, but it still seems to be his mob this week. So we'll get to that review 
uh, preview um, in a couple of days. But for now, that's um, the dogs, unfortunately, with um, a bit better than us on the night, but not too much better. And that's um, something we can find the positives in and find some lessons in. So let's keep going. Uh, the season's still um, very much in play for us. Um, and we've still got um, there's some incredible opportunities going forward for um, our team to stamp their mark on the competition and, um, and get better. So, yeah, six and three now. Let's keep it moving.